As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network, as we inch closer and closer to Championship Sunday in the NFL. Uh, I pretty much decided the teams that I'm going to play. I just haven't decided how I'm going to play those teams. In terms of picking the winners, I do think we get a Chiefs-Rams Super Bowl. And you want to call me chalky? Call me chalky. I just think that that's... The, the, the two most complete teams right now, and I know that the 49ers have owned the Rams, but I think this is the revenge game. I think this is the Sean McVay over the hump game. Look at the exact odds there for the results of the Super Bowl. The favorites are your two favorites. Chiefs over the Rams plus 250, Rams over the Chiefs plus 350. That's what I think we're going to get in this year's Super Bowl. Now, does that mean that the Chiefs are going to cover the seven-point spread against the Bengals? Does that mean that the Rams are going to cover three-and-a-half against the 49ers? That's still tough. Like, I don't love the numbers, if we're being honest. Um, If I just took a money line parlay on both of these teams, I'm not even getting – well, I'm getting even – it's plus 106. But I might take a look at some of these futures – Put those odds back up on the board. Take a look at the odds to win Super Bowl MVP. You got Patrick Mahomes as the favorite, obviously. Matthew Stafford as the second favorite. Cooper Cup is at plus, what is that, 800? Now, it's, we, I know a couple of years ago, Julian Edelman won the Super Bowl MVP. I think that had a lot to do with, um, you know, maybe Tom Brady fatigue, Maybe just he, he, Tom Brady wasn't that great in that game. Edelman had the you know the monster catch, uh, the bobble catch, you know the, the the you know was off the ground, all that stuff. So he made the memorable plays in that game. But this is a quarterback award, where I think you might be able to find a really interesting long shot. Is actually on the defensive side of the football, and. Think about this. We've had defensive players win the Super Bowl MVP. But I don't think there has ever been, and I'm just going to, before I talk out of school here, just going to double check this here. Um, I don't think that we have ever had, yeah, we haven't. (laughs) 
a defensive player win multiple Super Bowl MVPs. But the last defensive player to win the Super Bowl MVP was a guy by the name of Von Miller. He was dominant in that Broncos win over Cam Newton and the Panthers. Von Miller starting to come into his own here and played really well for the Rams against the Bucs. Had that strip sack of Tom Brady. And first, listen, the Rams have to get there. But right now, Von Miller is at 60-1. to 1. He, would they would they give it to him? It would be some story uh, if he were to win it. Like Aaron Donald is like the, the much lower odds, and he would probably be the safer bet if you wanted to take a defensive player. But let's just say that the Rams win the Super Bowl. Could it be because of some key defensive plays? Then who makes those defensive plays on the Rams? Aaron Donald, Von Miller. Would be incredible to see if uh, Von Miller wins a second uh, Super Bowl MVP. There's only been five multiple MVP winners. Like, that's how rare it is. You know, Brady won it five times. You had Montana won it three times. Bart Starr, Terry Bradshaw, and Eli Manning won it twice. So, Mahomes could join that list as well. Two-time winner. If the Chiefs get to the Super Bowl and the Chiefs win, obviously Mahomes will be the guy. If you're looking for non-Mahomes players on the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, those are the first two that come to mind. Obviously, the biggest playmakers for this Chiefs team. But it would be Mahomes. Just like it would be Stafford if the Rams win. That's why those two guys are your favorites to win this award. But if you're looking for a long shot, let's just wait and see who we have playing in this game. Uh, We're going to be joined by football scout, coach, and administrator Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com coming up about 15 minutes or so from now. Chris will join us. We'll break down the uh, AFC Championship game first. We'll get into the NFC Championship game. And I also want to ask Chris about the NFL draft because uh, next week's the Senior Bowl. Or, yeah, is it next week? I know, yeah, next week's Senior Bowl practices in Mobile. So, um, this the draft talk is going to start to heat up. And we've already seen some movement in the odds for the NFL draft to be the number one overall selection. Like Aiden Hutchinson's your favorite. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, who was your favorite, is now the third favorite to go number one overall. Evan Neal, offensive tackle, Alabama. He is now your second favorite to be going number one overall. Ikem Ikwonu. Uh, the offensive tackle also is now rising up the draft boards because once these mocks start coming out, and I don't put too much stock into a lot of these mocks. I just try and talk to the people that I know that I trust the most. Uh, but as soon as some of these mocks come out and start labeling some of these players as potential targets for the Jacksonville Jaguars with the number one overall pick, well, then you have uh, the odds changing. And that happened when uh, I think a mock draft came out last week or two weeks ago talking about Ike Mekwonu as the number one overall selection. And so he has jumped all the way up to now plus 500 to be the number one pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we'll get into that with uh, Chris Landry coming up as we uh, talk about the conference championship games and the NFL draft. 
Real quick, just wanted to um, mention, I guess, uh, the prop bets that I was looking at in the NFC Championship game. The Jimmy Garoppolo interceptions. It's at minus 150. And do you want to bet minus 150 on every bet? No, you don't. But this isn't, it's not like I'm laying minus 200. At minus 150, I don't hate it. Jimmy Garoppolo, last week against the Packers, threw one interception, but really could have thrown more if not for the temperatures and, you know, the the Packers dropping it and, and whatever. Jimmy G has thrown six interceptions in his last four games. He had one pick against the Packers, one pick against the Cowboys. He had two against the Rams the last time he played them. He had two against the Titans the week before that. The last time he played the Rams or the in week the earlier game, week 10 game, he didn't have any interceptions. That's probably why they won the game 31 to 10. But the last game that he played against them, the overtime win, he had one touchdown and two picks. He's throwing an interception in this game. I don't know about two. He's throwing an interception in this game. So at minus 150, I I don't, it's not that I don't hate, I love it. Jimmy Garoppolo is throwing a pick. And then for the AFC Championship game, I'm, I, there's, there's so many props that I like. I'm going to have to like calm myself down. Mahomes over rushing yards, I think, gets home as he's at 29 and a half rushing yards. And if you look at what Patrick Mahomes has done in, um, in the playoffs, he has taken matters into his own hands and run the football. It just, when the defense has to drop back in coverage, and this is something that has, you know, it's been done his entire career just because of how dangerous those weapons are for the Chiefs, you have to respect them. So it's not like you can have somebody, it's not like you can waste the defender by having them spy or stay in the box and follow Patrick Mahomes. No, you're dropping guys into coverage because you can't cover those wide receivers one-on-one, so you need to help out on everybody. You got to help out on Kelsey. You got to help out on Tyreek Hill. And there's so much space in the middle of the field that Mahomes can take off and get a first down almost at will. And we've seen that. So far in this postseason, he's had uh, 10 carries for 98 yards and a touchdown. Last year's playoffs, 13 carries, 52 yards and a touchdown. Uh, 2019, 24 carries, 135 yards, two touchdowns. And 2018, five for 19 and a touchdown. This season, this postseason, last week against the Bills, seven carries, 69 yards and a touchdown. Against Pittsburgh, three carries, 
29 yards. The last game, uh, the last time he played against Cincinnati, two carries, 25 yards. His total is at 29 and a half. He's getting over that. That's my favorite prop bet in that game. Let's talk to uh, Chris Landry, football scout, coach, and administrator. Uh, coming up next, we're going to get into conference uh, championship games. We'll talk a little bit about the draft as well. You follow Chris on Twitter at Landry Football. The website is LandryFootball.com. You follow me at Scott's On Air. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of and those. Then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcasts. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcasts and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They are all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up in just a couple minutes, we'll be joined by Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. We'll talk about Championship Sunday and uh, get into the NFL draft as well. Some early thoughts here as um, starting to see some movement here in the odds. So want to be ahead of that line movement. Uh, one other prop that I was looking at for, uh, let's stick in the AFC championship game. It's Clyde Edwards-Alaire over on his 37 and a half rushing guards. It, watching that game against the Bills, he looked good. Like when he touched the football, he showed some burst. 
And I know that it was his first game back from the injury, and Jarek McKinnon's been the guy who everyone's talking about in the backfield, and what, what a great job he did filling in. We saw him just explode against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But when Clyde Edwards-Alaire touched the football, he had burst. And maybe it's just fresh legs. I don't know. But he looked really good. And so over 37 and a half, I know that that might not be the game script for the Kansas City Chiefs, but I'll tell you what, I really think that he goes over that. And it might not take that many runs. It might just be, you know, two or three that get him over that mark. He had seven carries for 60 yards in uh, that game, and including a 22-yard run uh, against the Bills. So I would look at Clyde Edwards-Alaire, going over his rushing total uh, of, uh, what's it again, 37 and a half. It's, it's, you know, it's not high, not too low. It's doable. It's, it's do- just, just, just based off how fresh he looked last week. Now let's welcome in Chris Landry to the program now. Chris is a football scout coach and a consultant, works with many uh, college football programs, pretty much every NFL team has worked on staff with Bill Belichick and Nick Saban with the Cleveland Browns, spent time in the Tennessee Titans front office, uh, as well as uh, a tenure at LSU uh, with Nick Saban, uh, winning a national championship there. Uh, Chris, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Landry Football and his website, LandryFootball.com, just a slew of uh, NFL knowledge. Uh, Chris, let's get into the AFC championship game first. And just reminiscing over that incredible game that we saw last week. It's hard to believe that, you know, the the job's not done for Kansas City after that win. No, I agree with you. I'm having a, you know, I'm I'm getting old, so the the days are going by fast, but I I was just sitting as you know, we're doing this Thursday and it's like what yesterday, just Monday? I mean, it seems like I was just getting over that weekend and particularly the Bills Chiefs game and yeah it does feel like it was yesterday and yet I I still think about it and I've been asked a bunch of times what do you do in that situation as a coach and look 13 seconds left Scott th- there's three plays there's only three plays a team can have and one of them it's got to be a kick so or you know you got to score in a Hail Mary so if you squib kick it there's now only time for one play and a kick or one play and a Hail Mary. So you significantly increase your chances of winning. It's no guarantee, but look, it's just one hell of a performance to get two outstanding plays and to be in a position to kick it, but you had to. Now, they it, they had to roll the dice and had to come up sevens twice, but they did it. And it, but it, and it wasn't a Hail Mary. It was two outstanding plays that were doable, and they did it. But, you know, you – when you're dealing with these quarterbacks, you bet you got to shut the door and you got to squib kick it and you got to take four seconds off and eliminate a play. Cause I just, you know, I don't like the chance of them completing a Hail Mary for a touchdown uh, or, or getting a pass interference call in that situation. If you only got one play and then a kick or two plays to Hail Mary. So yeah, I, I think the bills are going to kick themselves because you know, other than that, and, and other than maybe playing better defense on the stretch, like you, you just – I was looking at it and just, just doing some work on it. I, I, I really don't think you could ask for a quarterback to grade out any better than Josh Allen did. In the playoffs, it was the best performance clearly in the playoffs by 
quarterback and maybe one of the best I've seen in almost 50 years of watching this, this sport. Just wow. unbelievable. It was flawless. Running, throwing, come from behind with the lead. I mean, what? yeah, there, you just feel like if you're Buffalo, man, what do we need to do? And they did it. Yeah, and now what can Cincinnati take from that game? Looking at the Kansas City defense, giving up all those points and all those plays in under two minutes. Now, I get it. Joe Burrow is not Josh Allen, but he is a capable quarterback, and they have capable weapons on that team. Can they take anything from this game film and try and utilize it to beat the Chiefs here on Sunday? I think they're going to look hard at what they did against them when they played them and won the North. And although it's going to be a different look in Chiefs team, Chiefs playing better now. That's the last game the Chiefs have lost, by the way. I think they're going to look at that a little bit more. I, I think that's their only chance. First of all, Cincinnati's going to have to play better. It's a great story, and they, they've earned their right here, but they did not play well against uh, the Raiders, and they did not play all that well last week against Tennessee. They just were a little cleaner, and they deserve to be here. They are not getting anywhere if they don't score a whole bunch of points. All those field goals that put them in a position to win last week have got to be seven. So can they match points? I don't know that they can do that, but they're going to have to, to do that. They're going to have to run it effectively, better, more effectively than they have, but they're going to have to score seven, seven every time. They really are because it, it, the the, the – Bengals' defense has played fairly well here, but you're not stopping this Chiefs team the way they're playing. They are hitting on all cylinders. The quarterback is unreal. They've got too many weapons. Um, they're going to give up points, and can they match points? I, I don't think they can, but that's what's going to have to happen. I think the confidence factor is, well, we beat them, and, you know, you fake it till you make it. You know, you believe you can beat them, go and do it again. I, I, don't, I don't know realistically, objectively, that that's going to happen. How concerning is it for the Bengals looking back on their game with the Titans and seeing Joe Burrow get sacked nine times? Yeah, they won the game, Chris, but if he gets sacked nine times again, they're not winning this game. Oh, no doubt, because look, they didn't score enough points to win a game against Kansas City last week. I mean, they, they were in a position to absorb those nine sacks Tennessee was turning it over at an alarming rate. Tannehill struggled. So you didn't, you know, they were able to get into position and McPherson was the MVP of the game. And Burrow put all the negative plays that he made and his teammates made, and he put them in a position to make plays to win the game, and they did. As you said, that, that ain't happening against Kansas City. It's going to have to be flawless. Um, it's going to have to be similar to how they did it at home against the Chiefs the last time they played. Shootout and Burrow, Chase are going to have to torch them, and they're going to have to get the Chiefs defense on the run, and it's going to have to be like the end of that game, and that's probably what you're referring to. It's going to have to be four quarters because, you know, what will happen is you're going to get two possessions behind, and you're going to be constantly chasing them, and I, I just don't think they can hold up. And, look, I mean, that – that Chiefs defense took uh, offense took apart a really good mm -hmm. Bills yeah. coverage unit that just couldn't do anything against them. I, you just uh, 
Hill is unbelievable. He's unbelievable how explosive he is. Do you think uh, you have a feel towards the total in this game? Do you think it'll be high scoring? I mean, the Chiefs have played seven straight overs. And, and I keep telling people, you know, just look back at the last three AFC championship games that were all in Arrowhead. And all three were high scoring games. Uh, it's, a, it's a high total and it, it has been bet up higher, Chris. But when you look at the game that these two teams played earlier this month, maybe we're in for another high scoring affair. I, I think so. Um I mean, there's no question that the Chiefs have, you know, gone over like in the last seven games. They, they're going to score points here. And I think the only way is if the Cincinnati gets down and, and they're not able to match points. I, I, I think Cincinnati can score 24, 28 points in this game. I don't they think they might not need to. You know, I mean, this could be a. This could be a 40-21 type game. For the, yeah, for the no, that's exactly right. I, I I think it is. I mean, that's why I said I think – I mean, I think that Cincinnati is going to have to score some points a lot. I think they're going to be aggressive. And I think they'll I think they'll get mid-20s. I just think the Chiefs are headed towards mid to high 30s mm-hmm. in, in that range. So, yeah, I do like the over in this one. Chris, do me a favor. Hang on. Let's get into the NFC Championship game. Plus, I want to ask you about the draft a little bit coming up next, okay? You bet. There he is. Chris Landry. Follow him on Twitter, at LandryFootball. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's never too early to prepare for the big game. We want to make sure that VSIN is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, and then on championship weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on vsin.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VSIN betting experts before, during, and after the action on vsin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network, rejoined now by football scout, coach, and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. Chris, we talked about the AFC championship game, so let's get into the NFC title game now. And uh, it's well documented what's been going on between these two teams. So how do the Rams avoid going 0-3 this season against the 49ers? I mean, the Niners have owned this this team winning what the last six I mean the sixth straight now, last yep. six. Um and I keep thinking, um week eighteen, if they don't come back from a seventeen nothing deficit, not they, don't, in the playoffs. they don't make the playoffs. <laughs> and you know, what what is the formula? It's it's the formula is very simple. They match up well with the Rams. The Rams defense folks are really good pass rushing unit the Niners run the football and they really attack the Rams run defense and they kind of control the game that way um look I this is another case of all credit to San Francisco Green Bay just was a disaster on special teams and so again San Francisco played a cleaner game like Cincinnati played a cleaner game against Tennessee the likelihood of getting the Rams, you know, maybe the Rams go on that stretch like they did against the Bucks and start turning it over. It, it, the Niners will make you pay, and and maybe they'll keep the ball away from you, and then that'll force Stafford to to play from behind. And they, but th- that's how they've been able to beat the Rams. When I look at these teams, this is what makes it very difficult and most intriguing, because I look at the Rams overall 
a little bit better and like the quarterback better, but I like the quarterback if the game could be manipulated a certain way. Mm-hmm. Making big plays in the passing game. I like Cooper Cup. I like all of that. But I don't – I just I, – the Niners match up very well against the Rams. That's not a fluke. It's not just, man, they got their number. Yeah, they got their number because they just match up very well. They've been the underdog in each of the last four meetings against the Rams, and they've won all of them outright. They're getting three and a half here. And, look, I and, and I'm just going to say, you know, the, boy, they're hard to beat a team three times in the same season. No, it does. It's happened 22 times. That's happened 22 times. And um, in, the teams that won the first two have gone 14 and eight straight up. Um so, and, and the team that's gone 2-0 and in the season series is one going 8-3 and against the spread. So, look, you're better, you're better. You're better for a reason. You match up well, it's because you match up well, and here's how. Um, you know, you just, you just I feel like an idiot saying, well, you know, I don't know if the Niners can do it again. I look at the Rams, and I think, you know, they should be able to find a way to get a lead on San Francisco, and then – You make Garoppolo make mistakes. Look, Garoppolo threw like three picks, two of which could have been pick sixes, and Green Bay dropped them. I mean, they misplayed them. So there's opportunities here for for the Rams to win this game. But it comes from their offense getting a lead and making the Niners play from behind, which they did the last time in 17-0 and still gave it up. Because the Rams go through that series that stretches like Cam Akers two fumbles. I mean, so it's like, do you trust the Rams? Can you get it done? Can you put a clean game together? You're good enough. You're good. Your A game is better than the Niners. But can you bring an A game for four quarters? Can you protect the lead? Can you protect the football? The Niners are a cleaner team. They, I think they, they play smarter football. They play more line of scrimmage football. Look, I, I got to tell you, the offensive line of the Niners struggled last week. Struggled. If they get behind, the Rams ought to be able to unload pass rush on them and create turnovers. So I, something just tells me, can the Rams finally put it together? Because they, they appear to me look like they should be the better team. But I don't know. San Francisco plus three and a half seems like a pretty, pretty good bet. Be careful out there. Hedge it one way or another. I, I just think this is fascinating because I have a pretty good feel for both of these teams. But, I, but that also means that I don't know what I'm getting from, from these teams week in and week out. I, I feel really confident about Kansas City, and I'm real confident about Cincinnati and how that game's going to go. This one, not so much. That's why I'm, I'm really intrigued. Uh, while I have you, Chris, uh, and great information on both of these uh, championship games, um, let's take an early look at the draft. And I know we're going to get plenty into it. I know next week you're going to be in Mobile for the Senior Bowl practices and things like that. So you're going to get a look at a lot of these players. Um, I-, I think that there's a lot of intrigue at the top of the draft. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau are the betting favorites to go number one overall to elite pass rushers. Uh, Hutchinson came on, I guess, you know, more so towards the end of the season and through the college football playoff, if you will, or, or at least the Big Ten championship game. But now because of a, some mocks and say what you will about mocks, Chris, uh, there's some steam on some offensive linemen. 
for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, where do you think the Jags are best suited with the number one overall selection? Is it an elite pass rusher or is it an offensive tackle? Still early to go through the process. I tell everybody, I know the mocks are fun and whatnot, but here's the thing about as you go through these prospects, and I'm still working my way through it. When you look at film during the season, it's like running on a treadmill. You're looking at games, you're looking at games, but their games are being played. It, it takes you all the way through, really through mid to late March, to get through all the tape of all these players. And then, of course, as you mentioned, Senior Bowl, the All-Star game tape, some of that has taken place. We've got the East-West as well next week. Got the Combine, which we, you know, uh, fingers crossed, going to have that this year. We get a lot of that information. Yeah, I think it's going to be heavy at the top with linemen. I think Evan Neal is really good and I think can be a real factor. Remember, free agency comes before, so that's going to affect a little bit about where teams may want to go strategically. But in terms of talent, I do think that there's not that elite number one player. I think Aiden Hutchinson and I think Kayvon Thibodeau are definitely contenders that would be what I would call 6'5 to 6'9 grades, um, the 6'9 or 6'5, which is high first round. But so would Evan Neal, uh, I think is really good. I think Ikem Owano from NC State's a name to remember. He's a redshirt sophomore, probably going to go pretty high. Charles Cross of Mississippi State. So, now, so you've got, I think, some really good candidates. But uh, you're going to see some things change a little bit. Um, I'm curious to see how high people are going to take David Ajabo. Thinks a little bit of a risk at Michigan, but he's a really good edge rusher. So he's the other guy uh, opposite of Hutchinson. So, yeah, and I think we'll see some see a, a couple of those receivers that are going to go really high. And, of course, we're going to have the, some quarterbacks that are going to go, um, you know, somewhere that's more mid-round value. But I still would say at this stage, I'd probably look at Aiden Hutchinson, Evan Neal, the offensive tackle at Alabama. Um, I think with Kayvon Thibodeau, he's got a little bit more of a boom-bust feel that, that I probably would lean against him being the number one overall guy. Not going to drop too far. He could be the best of the group, his ceiling's highest. But he's also got a boomer bust, and he's not been able to stay healthy. So it's kind of how I see it right now. And, of course, that's, that's what concerns me. But I still think he's a top-five pick. I think Aiden Hutchinson has a better motor, which if things are close, I think that would give him the edge over the two. And uh, I don't know. It shouldn't factor into it. But certainly it, if he fall into Detroit's lap, that would be a possibility. And, look, I, I love them both. I mean, I love the offense. But, but I'm going to take the edge rusher over the really good tackle in my mm -hmm. mind. So I, I would, would say right now Hutchinson would be the odds-on favorite. Yep, but he is the odds-on favorite right now on the DraftKings Sportsbook, plus 155. Evan Neal, your second favorite, followed by Kayvon Thibodeau, and then Ekim uh, Ikwanu is next. Uh, we're going to do plenty of breakdown on the draft, Chris, as the weeks progress. Uh, it's one of my favorite events to wager on because I think there's definitely money to be made in the NFL draft. So I can't wait to break that down for you. But first, Championship Sunday. And, uh, I, I, you know, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Thank you so much for the insight and the analysis. And uh, we'll talk to you uh, as we get ready for the Super Bowl. You bet, Scott. Appreciate you. There he is, Chris Landry. Follow him on Twitter at LandryFootball. The website is LandryFootball.com. Chris is as connected as anybody when it comes to this. And, yeah, he'll be at the Senior Bowl next week uh, in Mobile. So we'll get all the insight from him 
And uh, really, I look forward to cashing a lot of tickets come NFL draft time. Uh, I'm Scott Satterberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, going to get into some Thursday plays for the NBA and the NHL slate. Put together a parlay, maybe. Have some fun. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It is The Look Ahead here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Thanks again to uh, Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com, breaking down both championship games and the NFL draft with us here and uh, we'll do more on the draft in the coming weeks. Uh, as I mentioned, Chris will be at the Senior Bowl practices next week, so get a little more insight into what's going down here uh, in the draft in the coming weeks, and then, of course, in the coming months of draft here in Las Vegas. It's going to be a very, very exciting time. Uh, let's take a look at the NBA and the NHL schedule here for Thursday's action. Just two games in the NBA. It's the uh, doubleheader on TNT, Lakers at the Sixers. Philadelphia laying two, and then the Timberwolves at the Warriors, Warriors laying five and a half. And I'll be honest, I really like both favorites. Uh, The reason why I'm so anti-Lakers, I really am. I know Anthony Davis is back, and he'll be better, but Joel Embiid has been so good lately. He has jumped into the lead as far as 
the favorite to be the MVP. That's how good he has been over the past three, four weeks. Been the best player in the NBA. What was it the other night when he became, I don't know, the fourth player, or he became, yeah, the fourth player since the merger with a streak of four straight games with at least 35 points and 10 rebounds. The only other player to have a longer streak was Carl Malone. And that was in 1987-88. If he has 35 points and 10 rebounds, he'll join Carl Malone with five straight games. That's what he's going for here against the Lakers. At home, just it's just got to be Embiid and, and, and the Sixers. And the Lakers, I mean, let's just call it for what it is. They are the one of the worst teams in the NBA against the spread this season. 20 and 28 ATS this season. Not as bad as the Brooklyn Nets. 18 and 29. They suck against the spread. But uh, as far as the Lakers, I'm I'm just not backing them. I would rather go back Embiid and... Um, considering just how great he has been lately. He's the guy I'm going to back. And then Warriors, Timberwolves. Warriors have been kind of curious to me. Um, Steph Curry has definitely been slumping, but he picked it back up here. They beat the Mavericks in a big rout the other night. And, um, you know, just it was just a spread out performance from everybody. Like, no one had, you know, the 30-somewhat point performance. Like, everybody got involved. Steph got involved. Clay got involved. Kaminga off the bench got involved. So it was a team effort in their game against the Mavericks. Now they face the Timberwolves. Uh, Minnesota coming in after just a two-point win over the Blazers in a game that, yes, I had them minus three, and uh, they didn't cover because they won by two. Um, Eileen Warriors in this spot. It's a low number. Like I said, it's at five and a half. The total is interesting is 228. I kind of like the under 228. Um, even though, yeah, even though still, you know, without Draymond, obviously, it definitely affects the defense for the Warriors, but uh, 228 is a pretty big number. Lakers Sixers is at 217. No real feel on the total there. I would just lean chalk with both of these favorites here in the NBA. In the NHL, a little bit of a different story. Uh, taking a look at some of the lines here in the NHL for Thursday's action. Rangers, minus 215 against Columbus. Columbus playing the second night of a back-to-back, and they just got embarrassed by the Flames. 6 nothing. And while I don't think that this is going to be an embarrassment again, it's just a mismatch, in my opinion. And especially, you know, if Igor Shesterkin's in net, for the Rangers, love backing him. The minus one and a half puck line for the Rangers is at plus 115. I would go with the Rangers in this one over the Blue Jackets. Total, I might actually go under the six and a half. I think this could be a three nothing Rangers win, something like that. I mean, this is a team in the Blue Jackets that, like I said, just got shut out here on two, here on uh, Wednesday. So I think it could be a low scoring Rangers win. Also low-scoring, considering just how great uh, Shesterkin's been this year. He is the favorite to win the Vesna Trophy. So I like Rangers, minus a goal and a half. I like under six and a half in that one. 
Vegas against uh, Florida. Florida minus 165. I actually like Vegas at plus 145. Uh, I do expect Robin Leonard to be back in net. He um, last played a couple of nights ago when he had a shutout against Washington. He did not play the next uh, game. It was uh, Brassois played the next game. So I actually look for um, Robin Leonard to be back in net. And then we go with uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Plus a goal and a half is interesting. It's at minus 160, though. Might be a little too heavy juice. But plus 145 on the money line. Don't be surprised if Vegas goes into Florida and comes away with a victory. Uh, You got the Montreal Canadiens against the Anaheim Ducks. Ducks are minus 130. That's just low enough to like them. Uh, I like the Ducks and the over in that matchup against the Canadiens. Islanders and Kings. Uh, Islanders are minus 140. Total of five and a half. No real read in that game. Uh, You have the Hurricanes at the Senators. Carolina minus 265. Penguins are minus 340 against the Kraken. If you're going to back the Penguins, you back them on the puck line. They've been doing a tremendous job of covering the puck line this season. Total is six, and the Penguins have been playing a lot of high-scoring games. So I would go Penguins and the over in that one against the Kraken. Lightning are minus 330 against the Devils. Total of six and a half. Uh, don't hate the under in that one. I think it could be like a 4-1, 4 nothing Lightning win. Uh, Calgary coming off this 6 nothing route of Columbus. They will go to St. Louis. The Blues are minus 130 with a total of 6. You have uh, Winnipeg minus 165 at home against Vancouver. Total of 5.5. Nashville is uh, at Edmonton. Edmonton is minus 125 with a total of 6. Uh, last time we were on Nashville the other night where uh, they beat Seattle 4-2. to two. Um, Now, in Edmonton, mm, it's like I want to back Nashville again, but, um, yeah, you know what? I mean, Dreisaitl is so good. He's scoring so many goals. He's got 29 goals this year. No, yeah, right, 29 goals. Does, um, hmm, yeah, you know what? If I had to take a lean here, I'd actually go Nashville plus 105. Uh, they are a slight dog. That would be my lean here on this game. Um, again, I'd have to wait. i got to see who's in net for these teams. Uh, but I would lean towards Nashville. If I had to play on the total, I think it could be high scoring. I think this could be a 4-2, 5-2 game. Um, or maybe a 4-3, 5-3 game. So... That could be an interesting angle to attack. Maybe a first period over, but uh, I would lean Nashville in that nightcap. So that's a look at your NBA and the NHL schedule for Thursday. And every single day on this show, we will do a segment called J-Watch, where we will give you an update on Jaron Jackson Jr. and his quest for Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, ever since uh, our NBA insider, Jonathan Von Tobel, told us about this play, which he had at 300 to 1, good for him, we tracked the odds at 150 to 1. We searched all over town and couldn't find a, a, a book to give us a line. We finally found it at Boyd at 65 to 1. We all played it. Everyone here at Beeson played it. Uh, the odds have, uh, he had six blocks, 
in Memphis's win over the Spurs here on Wednesday. The odds have now dropped 46 to 1. And every single day, they will go down even further. So we will continue to update those odds in a segment that we will call J-Watch for Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. to win the Defensive Player of the Year. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up this morning on Follow the Money, um, we have Mike Palm, our very own uh, host of uh, here on VSIN, VP at Circa at 9 a.m. Carson Palmer, former NFL quarterback, going to join the program at 9.45 a.m. Eastern Time. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This, this, this. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app.